Today's scripture reading is from John chapter 20, verses 30 to 31. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have eternal life in his name. And this is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. All right, good morning, Redemption Tucson. It is so good to be here together, to be able to, to spend time and to gather um, to worship. As um, has been said earlier, we're um, kind of viewing this as we're still doing things um, online with now an in-person um, option. So I expect that to be some element even for me. I don't know if the, the worship team was in the same boat, but um, kind of almost like that, like, I don't know what to do with my hands, like more like, I don't know where to look, like there's a camera right here, but then also all these um, beautiful faces here, and um, or at least eyes here, um, half of faces, but um, hey, if you're new or you've never heard me um, preach before, uh, I want to introduce myself, let you know my name's Dave, I'm the lead pastor at, um, at Redemption Tucson, and um, again, just a, a heads up, I have a so it'll kind of come in and out as I go, and just want to make sure everyone knows um, knows what that is. And I'm um, very excited to get into a new series together this morning in in John, and um, we'll be in this for the foreseeable future through the rest of this year, and then. Um, probably the majority of next year as well. We'll just be walking at a pretty slow pace, kind of verse by verse through the gospel according to John. So very excited for that. Um, and uh, again, just want to invite us to, to, to come before the Lord in, in prayer as we get into his word together this morning. Amen? All right. I haven't heard some amens in response in a long time, so I'm excited for that. Um, all right, let's, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we... Um, we come before you humbly and expectantly. Lord, we know that, um, that you are good. And um, Lord, that as we even just prayed earlier, that um, I've been um, exposed in many ways of just things I've really presumed upon and taken for granted that, um, that just can't be. That, that Lord, we, we see in Scripture that every word that we utter, everything that we, we um, every, every breath that we, that we breathe is, is a gift from, from you, and yet I, I admit I often don't act that way. I don't think that way, and, and I think this season, um, I just am overwhelmed with emotion, hearing brothers and sisters in Christ, hearing their voices, seeing them in person is a gift, and I have taken it for granted and am, have a renewed sense of, of thanks, and I, I'm sure there are others here who would join me in that. And so now as we get into your word again, we pray that by your spirit, you will reveal yourself to us, Lord. I pray you will open our eyes and, and soften our hearts, Lord, to see and respond to the good news of Jesus. In his name we pray, amen. All right. Um, how many of you have seen the documentary The Last Dance? Matt, Chicago. I would expect it. Okay. Some of us. Um, so it's so. What the Last Dance is? What about? I, maybe you don't have to raise your hand for this. Tiger King. I hear is another documentary. A lot of people have watched. And um, this last season, right, that we've been in of COVID, um, has been a new opportunity 
opportunity to watch some documentaries, things like that. And um, I know I have a kind of a renewed love and appreciation for documentaries. Well, specifically The Last Dance, which um, I'll, I'll just kind of focus in on that one. I have loved it. And um, I knew the outcome going into it. I knew that in the season, the NBA season, 1997 and 98, the Chicago Bulls won. And, um, and that was the last championship that they won. Um, they haven't won one since, but that was kind of the end of an era. But um, not to give anything away, because again, you know on the front end, okay, they win. They win the national championship. All this stuff happens. In fact, true story, that was my senior year of high school. And I actually remember it being a fairly inglorious championship. It was like, it felt like we all knew they were going to win. The Bulls are going to win this whole thing. They beat the Jazz. I think the second time in a row, it was kind of like, all right, here we go. Um, But you watch this documentary and you learn all kinds of new things. You learn what was going on behind the scenes. You learn some infighting that was going on. I didn't know about Scotty Pippen's whole kind of holdout type deal and different stuff like that that was going on. And um, all these things that were going on, you learn. And there's a purpose. And there's been some debate over what the whole point was of this documentary. Some argue that it was just to make Michael Jordan look good and look even better than we all thought he was. And he goes down in history as the GOAT, the greatest of all time, and all this stuff. But nonetheless, it was compelling, even knowing what it was all about. Well, this morning, if you notice, we're starting in John, right? We're starting a new series in John, but Sarah read from John chapter 20. Like, I don't know if she just doesn't count very well and why she skipped ahead so much. No, it's because the author, John, gives us the point of the whole book. And so before we get into walking at a slow pace all the way through John, it's important and helpful for us to know the whole purpose. And what we're going to see week in and week out, and especially this week, is that John makes it clear that the whole point of why he wrote this account of Jesus' life is so that all people who put their trust in him will have real belief in the real Jesus and in him and him alone can find real life. So that's what we're going to see as we walk through these two verses together. If you want to turn with me there in John chapter 20, where again, we will see very clearly the purpose of this whole book. And so just pick up with me right there at the beginning in verse 30 of chapter 20. Now, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. So right out of the gates, okay, you have it explained there. There are lots of other signs. And that theme, that word, just so you know, of signs is going to be in there a lot. That's a common theme throughout John is this idea of signs. And this documentary, like any good documentary, is not like, you know, security camera footage. It's just, just keep going, just watch it. It's every little thing. No, he explicitly put the things in there that would reveal something, that would fulfill the purpose that he's talking about. Now, I want to be clear. He doesn't add anything. The author, John here, who's likely, almost certainly, I think, John, of the, one of the sons of Zebedee, one of the close followers of Jesus. And, and John makes it clear that he has a purpose. And everything that he puts in here is to fulfill that purpose. And the different signs that he puts in there are to reveal Jesus so that people 
put their faith or have true, genuine belief in him. Now, again, that word sign, we'll come back to it in, in, the, in the weeks and months to come, but signs um, aren't an end in themselves, right? I've like heard it said this way, if you were taking your kids to Disneyland back when you could do that, and um, you wouldn't stop at a sign. Some people do. If ever you've been and you enter Disneyland, there's like a hedge right there, and there's a picture of Mickey Mouse, and people like take their pictures in front of it. Well, if, and that's like a sign of what's to come. And if you were to just stop there, take the pictures, and be like, all right, kids, who had fun? You know me, all right, let's go. You know, hit the road, let's b- beat traffic. And you never kind of, you know, went around and, and experienced it. Um, a sign is meant to point towards something else. And again, John, right here out of the gates, makes it clear that these si- there were many other signs that Jesus did. But the ones that we'll walk through throughout John are given with a purpose. And he says this in verse 31, but these are written so that you may believe. Now, what we think of as belief in our day is probably very different than what they did. We've gotten into this kind of post-enlightenment, intellectual, head knowledge, understanding of belief. And I, I, I could ask for a show of hands here, who's a believer? But that would be a little bit of bait and switch because the answer is everyone. We are all believers, okay? And what belief is, the idea of, of belief is a, is a life-orienting principle or understanding that you, um, they, that you, you, you are shaped by, that, you, that your heart is committed to, that there are principles and understandings that inform everything else about you, right? So we all have beliefs. We are all believers. The question is, in who or in what do you believe? And John wants to make it clear that the purpose of this is that, is that people will see Jesus in such a way that they will have real belief, a belief that shapes them, that, that, that they, that they are, 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 every aspect of their lives is informed by this belief. Now, just true story, and this, I often use this phrase, um, I want to trust that the Holy Spirit will convict or encourage us where need be. As I shared earlier, there are different things throughout this season. I know for me, and I'm sure for many of us, that our confessional belief and our functional belief have been incongruent. That there are times where I say, I believe this, I believe this is most important, but my social media feed or, 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 or what I spend my time doing Right, I've shared, you know, watching documentaries, whatever it is. Like, there are certain things that my life is actually more shaped by that my beliefs are being exposed by. And the purpose of this is so that we will have real life-shaping belief in Jesus. Not just head knowledge. Okay, um, James chapter 2, verse 19, if ever you've heard this said, the author there calls out people. He says, so you are believers. You intellectually believe. He says, so you believe that, um, you believe that God is one? Well, you do well because the demons believe and tremble. It's like you're in good company. If belief is just, oh, I acknowledge these things with my, with my, with my mind intellectually and I confess them with my mouth, but if they don't sink deeply into my heart and translate into my life, then there's a concern. In John's concern and his purpose is I want you to have real belief in the real Jesus. All right, picking back up here as he continues, these are written so that you may what? Believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, the Christ, 
Okay, some of you might know this, but Christ is not a last name, right? Jesus is not Jesus Christ, son of Mr. and Mrs. Christ. And, you know, and no, Christ is a title. It's an identity. If you look down further here, when it says that you may have life in his name, Name and this idea is again identity, purpose, uh, who you are at a gut level, who you are fundamentally, so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ. And this title, Christ, is similar to and connected to the, the idea of Messiah, the title of, of, of anointed one. And the, the idea, especially in Jewish religion and faith and expectation at this time, is that is that the Messiah or Christ is more, that term was used more among Gentiles, but so that the Messiah or the Christ would come and would be the savior, would be the, the um, ruling king who would, who, would, who, would, who would set God's people free from captivity and who would, who would usher in God's kingdom the way it should be lived. And a lot of the expectation there was that there would be a, a human king who would come riding into Jerusalem and, and who, would, who would most likely carry a sword and would declare what is now true and right and then would usher in this kingdom. But there's another part of this gospel that John wants to make explicitly clear is that your, your faith in Jesus, your belief in Jesus that he's calling you to needs to be in the real Jesus who is the Christ. There's only one. And also, keep going with me, the son of God. Now, Jesus is referred to as the Son of God like 36 times, I'm sorry, 29 times throughout John. He's referred to that. And that's way more than any other of the Gospels. And then he refers to God as Father over 100 times in John. Now, again, let's be clear here. That is not a term that would be used. That among people, nobody called God Father. You wouldn't, you wouldn't pray to God as Father. And even more than that, as Jesus does, you, you wouldn't say, I and the Father are one. Right? When, and just for example, when Jesus does this, and we'll see this all throughout John, often when Jesus starts to, to make these claims, when he starts talking about the Father, in John chapter 17, when he starts to talk about his purpose, that he and the Father are one, and he's praying to the Father, and he's praying for us, for you and for me, and for all of his followers, for the millennia thereafter, he, he's saying something that is, that is mind-blowing, that is earth-shattering. No one would do that. But Jesus claims to be the Son of God, the Christ, fully man, the anointed one, the, the sent one, the deliverer of God's people, but also God himself, fully man and fully God. And church, this is really, really important because um, we need to understand in our day and age right now, there's a lot of kind of create your own Jesus, Right? You can have different ideas, different, well, to me, Jesus is fill in the blank, right? Well, I like to think of Jesus as, and then whatever it is, well, if he's a real historical person, which he is, amen, then we need to deal with him in a certain way, right? I can't pick someone in here and be like, well, I like to think of this person as fill in the blank, and then it's like, well, that's not me. Like, you can't, like, if you like to think of me as a really tall, really articulate person, like, you can believe that all you want. You can think that. It's not real, right? 
So actually, there's this famous quote by um, author C.S. Lewis, if you've ever heard of him. And it's actually, um, he was in an interview in Oxford, and then this was transcribed and put into a book, Mere Christianity. It's where he talks about this idea of dealing with Jesus as he actually is and the options that we have been given. So I'm going to read this quote. Sorry, I can't have it up here, but you can try to, try to fo- focus in and, and hear this. Why it's important for us to deal with Jesus as the real Jesus. And this is what C.S. Lewis says. I am trying here to prevent anyone saying the really foolish thing that people often say about him. I am ready to accept Jesus as a great moral teacher, but I don't accept his claim to be God. That is one thing we must not say. A man who was merely a man and said the sort of things Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic on the level with the man who says he is a poached egg, or else he would be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Either this man was and is the son of God, or else a madman or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool. You can spit at him and kill him as a demon, or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us, let us not come with any patronizing nonsense about his being a great human teacher. He has not left that open to us. So again, I just want to encourage us all, wherever you are coming here this morning, wherever you are online watching, I want to encourage you and invite you and challenge us to come face to face and to interact and to respond to the real Jesus. Okay, because again, the purpose of this whole book of John that we're seeing, and just so you know, all right, I want to, John is, is, is known as or, or, or assumed as one of the only, if not the only, disciples of Jesus who didn't actually die for his faith, who wasn't martyred. Okay, the others were like sawn in half, beheaded, crucified, crucified upside down, all kinds of craziness. But John suffered greatly. He was uh, known to have been boiled alive. He, and then he eventually was exiled to an island. He, he suffered greatly. And yet, he believed this so to his core that he would write multiple letters, and this one included an account of Jesus so that you and I will have real belief in the real Jesus. And then the purpose goes on so that we will have real life in him and in him alone. So continue to pick up with me here in this last part, right? These things are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. All right, again, let's just pause here for a moment, right? We're all believers, and we all find life in something. 
right? We, we have, we, we sometimes talk about this, we all have um, various saviors, we have various things that we orient our lives around. And the idea throughout scripture of an idol is something that you shape your life by, that you orient your life around other than God. That, that God, the creator who made us in his image and who made us to find our ultimate identity and purpose and meaning and, and life in him, well, we find something else. Right? And just again, this can be an exercise. I'm not going to call for like shows of hand here, but what are some of the things that you and I find life in? Our, our physical health, right? our, our um, intellect, our, our future, our finances, our security, um, politics, maybe even family dynamics and re- relationships, our social life, right? Entertainment, so many different things that we look to for life and none of them satisfy. Okay, hear me as this is kind of a manifesto, if you will, as Redemption Tucson, right? The very first sermon we ever gave, we looked at this story, this young man named, known as the rich young ruler. And Jesus called him out and exposed what he had been finding his life in because he loved him too much to withhold that truth. And church, I want to say, and we talked about there that we will, we can find comfort together as a church, as a very young church at that time, knowing we're all going to be uncomfortable together because time and time again, and throughout our time in John, our expectation can be that, that God loves us too much to allow us to continue to find life anywhere else. And that's the whole purpose of John um, author, and he's since passed away recently, but former pastor and author, um, R.C. Sproul, who, uh, who I, I've grown a lot from. I've learned and read a ton. I've gotten to interact with him even before in person, which was an incredible blessing. Well, this is what he says about this book of John. He says, John doesn't say these things are written, that people might believe the right things, that they might be orthodox or that their theology might be sound. Now, pause there for a moment, okay? We believe that orthodox, true theology is really, really important. Okay, that's why we walk through books of the Bible. That's why we say we are gospel-centered and outward-focused. That's why we say all of life is all for for Jesus, right? That's why we have a a 50-page membership document that we walk through because we think theology is really important. To be clear, R.C. Sproul is kind of known as uh, an advocate. He was a professor. Again, he was a pastor. He was all about orthodox, right true biblical theology. Yet he makes it clear that is not the ultimate end. He says, the goal is not that our theology might be sound, that believing you may have life in his name. That is the goal. John is echoing Jesus' own words from John chapter 10, where Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. People who don't have Christ don't have life, and they don't even know it. To have the life that God created us to have, we must find it in the Son of God. In our prayer time that we have been doing for the last five months now, every Wednesday night, I'd again invite and encourage you to join us in that time. It's at eight, from 8 to 9 p.m. Um, Kristen 
Tovar. Um, pray, and I did ask her permission, and I don't always like write down people's prayers, by, by the way, but having just read this earlier that day, and then we we're praying, and she said something very similar in prayer. She said, Lord, I know that outside of you, I wouldn't or couldn't have hope. I pray for the courage for all of us in sharing the hope of Christ and how his resurrection changes and shapes everything. That's right there in line with what R.C. Sproul is saying. The main purpose, the goal of this whole book of John and of all of life is to find ultimate meaning, purpose, satisfaction in Christ alone. So church, as we now prepare to respond in song, right, in taking communion, hopefully for some of us there's an anticipation. It's been a long time since we've gotten to do that alongside others. Even for you now at home, hopefully it's just better. I, I, uh, I, one thing has been made clear to me over this whole season. I could never be like a m- mega church pastor in some kind of vi- video presence all over the place. That's just not, I'm not made for that. And yet we can be reminded as we're together here, as we prepare to respond, that we're made for life and it's only found in Christ. And I'm really excited for this year plus that we get to slowly walk through our time in John where we see so clearly that we are called, we are created to have real belief in the real Jesus, the Christ, the Son of God, and that through him and him alone, there is abundant life. Amen? All right, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, um, again, we, we need you. Um, we need your spirit to even see these things as truth, as good news. Again, I pray that for those of us who need to be convicted, that we will be. But Lord, I pray that overwhelmingly there is a sense of encouragement and hope. Lord, I pray that, that anything else that we have believed in Lord, we'll be exposed and dealt with. I pray that if our faith, our belief has been confessional and not functional, Lord, I pray that that will shift. I pray that again, by your spirit, we will have, 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 have real faith, real belief. And Lord, I pray that that will be in you, Lord Jesus, that you love us too much like the rich young ruler to allow us to find life, which is ultimately not life in anything else. Lord, I pray that our purpose, our identity, our hope, our fulfillment and satisfaction will be found in you and you alone, Lord Jesus. And I pray that we will be demonstrations and proclaimers, ambassadors of the life-giving good news of Jesus. In his name we pray, amen.